Holy smokes, I think we're live. I got a bunch of emails saying we're live. I'm pretty sure we're live. AT, are you there? Yes, it's a mad panic. <laughs> it is a mad panic. We woke up at 7 this morning to prepare for a show, and we're still mad panic beforehand. So um, this is good, man. This is really good. So welcome to week five. In your face. We missed last week. We actually did a podcast last week. It was uh, miscommunication. We couldn't get it edited. Then it was like, ah, we're setting this show up for this week. So bottom line is, well, is it was a lost it was a lost podcast. It was a lost podcast. But we did record our picks though. So we do have picks, uh, which we're gonna recap them later on in the show. Uh but first things first, AT. The Oscars this past weekend, and I know how much you love the Oscars, but how about the buff at the end of the show? One of the, I mean, it totally set what's his name off the hook. <laughs> the best, the best was the impromptu response by Jimmy Kimmel saying, "I blame Steve Harvey." <laughs> <laughs> the Miss America pageant and announced the same, the wrong girl. Right, the Miss Columbia. I love that. That's, that's the only time that I, I really, you know, genuinely laughed at a joke from a liberal. Uh, was was that. That was a good line by Jimmy Kimmel. He saved the room because, you know, frankly, I would have loved to see a bunch of spoiled hamburger meat drop out of the ceiling onto the entire group of power libs and Democrats in that room. It was so painful. It would have been a great scene right out of PCU, right onto the room. But it's just meat, throwing meat, dumping on the whole room would have been great. But Kimmel saved the room for me for just a moment. And then I went back to eating myself and... Uh, oh man. Well, AT, I got a little surprise for you and this is by request. This is by request from a few division one coaches and a couple friends of mine, but we're bringing it back. The game is called D2, D3 or MCLA. Yes. All right. So in, and I believe this is Ash Wednesday, correct? So it's a religious, I guess, relatively holiday, whatever you want to call it. That's a three-letter word, ash, not the four-letter word with the H in front, right? Ash Wednesday. Got it. Good. All right. Uh, So we're going to do all saints schools for this. Okay. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You got eight. Are you ready? Is it safe to say that the requests for the return of this game – came from everybody that's not a team that we're going to speak about in this? Uh, that is very true. Um, but it is a request that was given to or given to me by somebody maybe in these divisions, which right, is good. giving a little shout-out here. But here it goes. You ready, AT? Yeah. All right, number one, St. Rose, D2, D3, or MCLA? <laughs> uh I'm going to say uh, D3. D2. Uh, Yeah. I got to cross this one off. Number two, St. Mary's College of Maryland. Now, to preface this, a lot of teams have um, club teams. D3. D3. It is. It is D3. Yes, I knew that. You didn't have to get into the fine print. Well, the fine print was they actually have a club team, but I was going to – the fine print is you always have to pick the team at the highest rank – highest thing. So if they have a D3 team, it's D3. That's good clarification. The the next one is the easiest one, although St. Mary's College of Maryland seemed to be pretty easy for you. But St. Michael's, God bless Paul Schmoller. Oh, that's D3. No, wrong. D2. D2. You ruined it. 
Well, you got it wrong. You said D3 first. All right, here we go. To finish off the last five, St. Ambrose. MCLA. D2. All right. All right, you got the St. Rose wrong, too. St. Bonaventure. Club. It is, MCLA. Nice work. Yep. St. Cloud. (laughs) State. St. Cloud State. Club. Nice. Nice, A.T. Yeah, thanks. All right. St. Louis University. D2. Club. I got you on that. Yeah, I got you on that one. And Mount St. Vincent. Ah, my buddy Matt Panetta was the coach there for like two weeks. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say that they are D3. They are D3. Nice work. Yes. Nice work. So there is our game. Canots, <laughs> you out there? <laughs> if right, you... he went, I think, in fact, what he did is I think he went from being the head coach at Mount St. Vinny's because he brings a little Vinny Barbarino to the scene. He went right from that to he had to quit because he got a, a promotion uh, to manage his own fantasy football team in our league this winter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. We did promote him in the uh, the uh, the fantasy football world. Uh, but uh, so that is the game. If you were following around, uh, following along at home, uh, hopefully... that was like when Kelleher got promoted from Team Six at ECLC <laughs> to Manhattan. Double. That was my favorite. Nice double, job, Kelleher. Sick W yesterday. You tri- sick kid. Triple or double OT. Uh, yeah. Parker Giratana. But uh, so there it is. If you were following around at home. Uh, following along at home, uh, AT was 50%. If you were better than AT, let us know. Um, so, AT, we got our games from this past weekend. We got Coach and Player of the Week. And your – let's start with Coach of the Week. Your Coach of the Week. Who is he? Uh, there are a couple of guys. I thought potentially Jim Nagel at Stony Brook with a huge win over Brown, which is tough for me to say. Yep. But, listen, that was very, very impressive. Um. The other one, which actually ended up his first runner-up for me, and probably the only time he was ever runner-up in anything in his life, and that's Coach Petromala down at Johns Hopkins, <laughs> uh, reversing a trend of string of losses 10 years in a row, I think, or more to the heels to go down to North Carolina and beat them 13-5 to uh, in Chapel Hill, uh, put him right in the running. But I got to go with New Canaan Rams – Class of 1987, long stick midi, Mike Murphy wow. at UPenn. Great pick. Great pick. Right? Murphy was an assistant under Dom Stargia at Brown for one year and then went down to Virginia for five years under Dom. And you have to think was in the conversation to get the head coaching job at Virginia. Um Remember that Brown beat Penn last year, I believe, 16-2 to in Philadelphia. Snowball. Snowball. And so you got to think that Mike Murphy felt pretty good (laughs) in anticipation of his handshake with LT after knocking off the upstart Virginia Cavs at home. What a W. My in your face, Coach of the Week, Michael Joseph Poltergeist Murphy. Nice job, Murphy. 
I, I those are great picks, and I concur with all of that. My picks of or my coach of the week, or actually the runner-up coach of the week, is Ryan Poley. He's currently sitting five and zero right now. With a win last night over Bryant, huge win over Bryant. That's a great win. I thought I had Bryant winning that game, a trap game. I, I mean, that's that's Bryant's go-to is one hundred percent Tuesday night games and and ruining somebody's season on a Tuesday night. They've done it. That's right, multiple times. Yep. And for Boston to go in there last night, now it was the first home game, so I'm sure the guys were fired up. Night game in Boston, blah 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 blah. Great. Ryan Poley's got his team 5-0 and on top of the fact that he beat Navy this past weekend 8-7 in the opener. And I Unreal remember finish. it was the finish of that. It was 10 seconds backdoor cut. Boom. Goal. Awesome. Well, they had the ball. The ball was out at their goal line. The right. end line. Right. Behind their get goal it down the field. Like 11 seconds left. Yes. It was awesome. And for that team to have that composure kind of speaks to the leadership they finally starting to get. Uh, the teams are now getting used to winning. They're learning how to deal with success. Uh, they're learning how to deal with tighter games. I mean, we had mentioned before that playing Navy as your first Patriot in-season game uh, is a tough draw. And he's a great coach, man. He, he's getting I mean, it he's done. done they're, they're, BU, did BU start the same year as Marquette and Richmond and High Point and all of those teams? Absolutely. Not, I mean, that, that, that team is arguably the best of all of them. I mean, they didn't knock off Denver or Duke. But they, Polly's just done an incredible job of winning close games. So that's you know that's a great runner up. He's a runner up. Right? He's or a runner. He yeah, he's he's the runner up. I mean, it was it was a tough call, but I did want to mention him. The second one, or excuse me, the winner, uh, is Brian Breck from Rutgers. Now, this is not because of his twelve to five win over Wagner or his eight to three win over Fairfield. I think it's just more so of him being able to deal with early season injuries uh, to Charlotte Beatties. That's a huge hit for that program. And Trazzolini, the midfielders are stuck. Midfielder, right. And, and for him to still continue uh, to put out a product out there that is, that is very, very good. On top of the fact that he's going to be going into a buzzsaw in both Brown and Stony Brook coming up, but now the Big Ten coming up soon as well. But get this. They have a win over Army 12-10 early in the season. Yeah, That's going to be Army. huge. It's going to be it huge is. later on this year. Especially and with so, Army beating Cuse last week. Exactly. And Army, as we know, is a great team. So speaking to what Brian Breck's built so far, I'm going to give Brian Breck my in-your-face coach of the week. AT. Well-deserved. Well who is your player of the week? Uh, hard to not look at Mac O'Keefe with eight G's as a freshman. Uh, is he going to have nine G's this week? I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be who's covering him? <laughs> who's covering Mac? I mean, jeez, unbelievable. I mean, I can't get it over is. it. 24 goals in, in four games. It is. So BJ Prager, who was one of the best. Oh, crease, well, yeah. One of the best crease guys to ever play the sport. Um, works with my brother and they were talking last week. And BJ said that he had, he had, in his freshman year, the Princeton lacrosse freshman scoring season record at 26 goals, right? And he's one of the most prolific goal scorers in, Ever. in the history of college lacrosse, right? And he had 26 in the, the season when he was a freshman. 
And Mac O'Keefe has 24 after four games. Slow down, Mac. Okay? <laughs> Slow down, fella. Uh, so he's my runner-up, but I've got to go back to Philadelphia, 16 saves, 10 goals allowed. Big Reed game. Junkin big, for the Bakers. Clean sweep. I can't believe it because I hate Penn. Um, <laughs> just as much as I hate Yale. But yeah. you know what? Yale is way, way deeper on the uh, hatred scale. It, way deeper. Uh, different. Different. They're different. <laughs> different layer of hate. Different. Different reasons for hate. Um, but I go with Reed Junkin. He's playing great, and he was the preseason Ivy League goaltender uh, for first team, and and proved that he or has proved to this point. I mean, he's got a stiff test this weekend with Penn State coming up, but he's proved that he's a strength on a team that's extremely strong. And credit our boy Quint with being a huge advocate for the Quakers early because yes, they are showing themselves worthy of that uh, adulation. So I got Reed Junkin. I, 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 I think he was. I mean, I'm still, I'm still blocked. Um, so I don't really know what he writes and what he doesn't write. Um, so, but yes, I've heard that uh, he's been a big fan of the Quakers uh, this year, which is great. My player of the week, I got a couple runner-ups. Uh, two runner-ups, the first one coming from the same game you're talking about, Tyler Dunn with three goals uh, yeah. in a big win. Uh, Penn's, I believe, first top-10 victory, at least for Mike Murphy, which is huge, uh, and puts them into the top-10. Uh, awesome, awesome job. Tyler Dunn, three goals in a big-time game. Second runner-up, Cole Johnson from Army, 3-1. Yeah, and he's one. stud. Uh, underrated cues very underrated on a very underrated team uh yep. army doesn't get enough respect out there in terms of the polls uh i think problem is they are... keep playing rutgers otherwise they would <laughs> <laughs> nice very, job, true. very very true and they are th- they are they have to go through the patriot league uh so the games just because the number of games you have to play in the patriot league doesn't allow you to play as nearly as many out of the league you got to play in eight in league games um so you don't get to see army play some of those teams that you'd like them to play but either case army is very very underrated expect to see them going long through the season on the heels of a guy like cole johnson who's scoring three and one versus cues in the dome very hard place to play as we've stated multiple times before but my player of the week it would have been cole johnson by the way until last night. Dartmouth gets their first win of the season under Richie Loftus's five yes. goals against UVM. Huge game uh, for the Big Green out there in Hanover. So my in-your-face player of the week, Richie Loftus, five goals. Huge game, huge momentum swing going into a weekend uh, where they need to pick up yet another win. Uh, so great job, great job by Callahan, getting the squad on board. Uh, I get to finally talk about Dartmouth when Brown <laughs> lost and they sucked. So I get to talk about Brown, uh, excuse me, Dartmouth. Uh, Embrace which I'm it. About. Embrace I it. I am. So good luck Richie to the Loftus boys. is a stud, though. He is a stud. And, I, you know, I don't know what the deal was against Stony Brook, um, but, you know, he was 3-1 and one in his first game against Canisius, I think it was. Right, he scores five goals. In this Sacred game. Heart, you mean? Sacred Heart. Sacred, no, yeah, Sacred Heart. I don't know why he didn't play against Sacred Heart, um, but you know the fact is, obviously, with five goals, he made a statement that you better keep him on the field, coach, because you need goals, <laughs> and he's <laughs> he's giving them to you. 
So keep him on the field. He's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. Five goals. Hopefully he gets another five uh, this weekend. We're going to take a little break. We have uh, an, a negotiated an agreement with Lax Vegas Lines to produce their lines. First look. Uh, and we're going to give that first look after the break. But we're excited about this. We're going to okay. do this at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday every week. And uh, we're really appreciative of those guys. If you haven't already, check them out at Lax Vegas Lines. Um, that's all they tweet out is just lines. So you, you're just going to get a bunch of lines from a bunch of requests from different people. It's good and entertaining uh, Twitter handle to follow. And it makes some of the games that might be a little lopsided interesting because they put a spread to them. So they do all the games or just the 20, top 25 games? They just No, they just do the top 20 games. Um, although I did see, I think I saw number 21 BU in the lineup. So I think that they're... I don't know. It's top 20. That's that's what they say. Uh, and then they gave us the lines for the next games this weekend. Top 20, I believe. I hope they are. Uh, and then they take requests. Is that what it is? Because I have seen games on there that they have, that haven't been top 20. Games yeah, I, you can you can DM them. You can tweet at them uh, for a requested game. And then they'll pump out a line at some point after that, it seems like. Uh, but a good handle to follow. If you haven't already, give them a follow. But we'll be back. We're going to give uh, Sisu our uh, sponsor. A little shout-out here. Hold on tight. At Sisu, we take a very scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, removable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. No matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen... Sisu, talk, breathe, drink. Give us a recap of last week and a summary to date. We are on week five. Week five. So after week four, going into week four, uh, I was overall 49 and 33, just two points ahead of you at 47 and 35. Week five, um, I'm sorry, week four was not good to you, Ryan. No, it wasn't. Uh, but you're a nice person. Yes, that I counts. Am. I am. I try, uh, to be. I try to be. Week five. I was 20 and 14, right? And you were 16 oh. and 18, sub 500. Oh, man. I you lost, I, I, I quote unquote, lost money. <laughs> Still rock bottom. Uh, and so the overall standings are 69, 47. I'm, I'm 69 and 47. You are 63 and 53. Oh. So I'm six points better than you um my rock bottom calls stick out uh brown i had in rolling i think i said they were going to win by 10 and they got rinsed although mike daly is a stud and he's going to get these guys back um <laughs> they're going to beat this week that's a guarantee um and so that was uh 
that was a bad call by me. You picked Carolina, which was a bad call by you. Although I did say that the game was going to be a blowout. One of the two teams is going to blow them out. So Yeah. I, just, I think Carolina's – I mean, Carolina will be there at the end of the year. I still think that they're going to be a said, Final Four team. No, you so, said national championship. You said they're going to win it again. But you, but that's inclusive, Ryan. Final Four <laughs> is just prelude. You get there to win it, right? Yeah, but it seems like you're you're fading back on a little bit of confidence on UNC. You said they were going to double up. UNC, UNC, what they do is they develop over the course of the season. Right, that's what they do. Look at look at them last year. They lost to UMass. They were three and three. I saw Joe Brash and Metsy and those guys. They practiced at GFA following their loss to UMass. And what did they do? They came back to win a national championship. Joe Brash. <laughs> so don't count the heels out. Count them in. I'm not counting them out yet, but I'm definitely. I, I oh, actually, I did count them out. I said they weren't going to make the UN, uh, the ACC tournament. So I said they'd win the national championship. Actually, <laughs> the national championship. We're going opposite ends on that one. Keep yeah, going. Right. Where were my bad so, calls? Do you have my bad calls? Or uh, your bad calls were definitely UNC. Yeah. Uh, you had Marquette, which yeah. was an awful call. I had Richmond. I got two points. You got none. Yes. Um, we both had Maryland in the over which we both got zero on. I had BU in the under, which was two points. You had Navy, which was zero. You mm-hmm. had, um, you had uh, I had who? You had Stony Brook in the over, yes. which was two points. So that was a good call by you. Um, other than that, I had Georgetown in the over. You had Towson in the under. That was two points for me, none for you. Yep. So that was all a good week all, for you. It was a good week for you. It was a good week for me. Listen, I, I, I 20 and 14 is a solid week. 16 and 18 is an area of opportunity for improvement for you. Yes, I will improve this week, and let's get to it, AT. All right. We've got games tonight. Uh, today, if you're watching this on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or listening to it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, this is a Wednesday show. So the games tonight, and correct me if I'm wrong, we've got an Albany versus UMass, UVA versus High Point, and Towson versus Loyola AT. Yes, correct. Um, so let's start at the top. We got number 15 Albany at home in Albany versus UMass, favored by four goals. The over-under here is 22. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are I need to turn to the skid and give more credit to Scott Marr and his program. I, the right. last two weeks, I picked Syracuse to crush Albany in the first week, and then I picked Drexel to beat Albany last week. I am not going to make that same mistake again. (laughs) Albany is for real. Scotty Marr, I apologize. I still haven't recovered since you scored five goals. I may have been six goals on the Needham Needler in the 1986 Yorktown New Canaan High School game (laughs) held on Rainey Sachs Junior High School field. Uh, So I went against you the first two weeks, but I'm going to reverse that trend this week. Albany has too much offense. Um, They are really, really scary. Uh, and UMass is on a collision with the rock bottom bowl is what yes, they, they are. are. They so are. I am, I am, I got Albany rolling here. I got Albany and the over. I normally actually would have taken UMass in this scenario, but I feel like a Tuesday or Wednesday game sets up perfect for Albany where they can just run and gun, play the style that they like to play. At um, Albany too. At Albany. Uh, this might even be their home opener. I'm not so sure they've had a home game yet. Uh, so that's exciting in itself. Um, so I'm going to take Albany in the four points, and I'm going to take the over. I think that you do you take the over or the under. AT? Over. Yeah, I took. The, I'm going to take the over as well. Um, there's a possibility that Albany might cover the over themselves, um, but 
if there isn't, I feel like it's not going to be within four goals. I feel like UMass actually wins if there isn't, but I'm not picking that at all. That's not where my pick is going. Albany minus four myself and the over. Next up, you got number nine, UVA, at home in Charlottesville against John Torpy and his High Point Panthers, favored five goals. The over-under here is 24 and a half. What do you got? My concern is High Point's lack of face-off success. Uh, I spoke to Pat this week uh, about a recruit that's in the area, and you know, it sounded like they got beaten all facets of the game against Maryland. And yeah. I had picked High Point against Maryland to cover last week. I didn't think that they would beat them, but they did play them really, really tough um, last year, and I thought that they would cover last week, and they got blown out. Um, and marrying that up with the fact that High Point beat Virginia last year, and even though it was under a different regime with Dom Starzia coaching the Cavs, I think the players on UVA are going to remember this game. There's no way Lars Tiffany, after coming off of a loss at UPenn last weekend, is going to allow an UVA team to come in and not respect their next opponent, and especially not respect an opponent that beat them last year, even though they are very well coached. I just think that there's too many intangibles going for UVA's uh, going in UVA's favor. And this week, I think that they're going to control the middle of the field. They're going to control the ground balls. And I think they're going to be way too much for high point. So as much as I want to pick Torp and Pat, I'm not going to do it because I don't want a chance losing two points here against you. <laughs> so I am going to go with UVA and the over because I think they're going to be running hard as they create their identity in 2017. I got all I got UVA in the over. Uh, for the exact same reasons um, that you just mentioned, the face-off being an issue, one of the biggest advantages that UVA has is their transition off the face-off. We all know that they have transition in the middle of the field off a shot save or cause turnover, but these guys have massive, massive face-off transition game, and it could pose some serious problems for high point. With that being said, I'm going to go with high point on this one, covering five goals. And I'm Ooh, actually going to take, like that. I'm going to take the under here. I have a, a feeling that John Torpy is going to throw out, much like what Penn threw out, a zone defense against yeah. Virginia. And with that being said, uh, it's going to slow down the pace. Uh, can they slow down the face-off transition is the biggest question. If they can't, they're going to lose by 10. Um, and so from those two standpoints, I'm going to trust that John Torpy is going to get it done. So I think they're going to cover, maybe lose by four or less. Um, I don't think they're going to win, but I will take the under on 24 and a half. If I'm, if I'm right on the under, it's simply because they couldn't score enough and – UVA blows them out, so at least I'll right. maybe catch one. I hope I hope High Point wins, but we'll right, same see. Here. We'll see. Next up, uh, arguably game of the week, but it's not the game of the week. Uh, it's a Wednesday night game. Towson, yeah. Loyola, number thirteen. Towson is at home uh, in United Stadium versus number eleven Loyola. Towson is, or excuse me, Loyola is favored by one and a half goals. The over under here is nineteen and a half. Is Towson's defense that good to keep the, the over-under that low, A.T.? This is a really good line by Lax Vegas Lines. Um, 
because Loyola's going to win the game. Last year, Towson beat Loyola. Um, and I think it was 12-10, something like that. But I think that Towson's lost a little bit on the defensive end. You know, Nans is a phenomenal coach, obviously, and they're going to eventually uh, return to form. But I think that they lost a lot of personnel that's going to be tough to um, replace in this game early in the year. They beat Georgetown, and we thought, at least I thought, that Georgetown would come back and play a better game against Towson. I picked them last week against Towson. I wasn't sure that they were going to win, but I, I did think them that they would cover, and they did. They played well. Um, and I just think that Loyola is a much scarier team than Georgetown, and Loyola is playing with a chip on their shoulder given their one-goal loss to Virginia, given their one-goal loss in overtime to Hopkins. They obviously blew up. Lafayette last week and I think even though they're laying one and a half in this game I think that Loyola is going to come in I see them winning like 13 to 8 something like that so I'm going to take Loyola in the over uh as much as I do agree with you with the losses they have on the defensive end it doesn't seem like they've lost really much um given what Towson's performance over the last few games I'm going to go the opposite again here I'm going to take Towson and I'm going to take Towson to win outright. Alex Woodall, yeah. Alex Woodall at the faceoff box has been the differentiator for Towson in making up for the lack of, I guess, or the loss of defense on the other end because they don't have to seize nearly as many possessions. Graham so Savio, about, he's got a big battle with Graham Savio. He does, but at the same time, if you're going to go 50-50 on the faceoff box, this game's going to be a slow game. Yeah. 19 and a half, I do see that, you know, I think it's going to be 10-10-ish. You know what I mean? So I do see yeah. the over here. But I'm going to take Towson in the in the victory, especially in a Wednesday night at home. I, I, I like them too much here. So I'm going to take Towson, and I'm going to take the over here. Uh, right. And I know you have the over as well. 19.5 is just a little too, slow, uh, little, too, uh, little too low for me. Now we're getting into the lines that no one has. These are the lines that no one has. So if you're on the show, just to if you're a degenerate gambler with your friends, I guess this write is them reason. down. <laughs> this is the only reason why you're you're on the show, I guess. But right now we're going to release the lines for this weekend. So let's start uh, with what they gave us. Uh, number three, Hopkins, going to New Jersey to play Princeton. Uh, Johns Hopkins is favored by four and a half. The over-under here is 23, A.T. What do you think here? I think four and a half is a low line. Uh, I'm definitely going Johns Hopkins in this line. Uh, the over-under, I think, is spot on. Um, listen, Hopkins Hopkins just has too much. You know, they they have too many midfielders. They have a goalie that's playing on the top of his game. They've got an identity offensively with six studs and another two lines of mids behind them. I just see them having way too much offense. They're clearing the ball at 90% plus, And they just are, they seem like a national championship caliber team right now. They do. They do. They do. And Joel Tinney changes them. The maturity of Shaq Stanwick, he, 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 he's not a point hunting which makes their offense scary. You know, he could score five goals in the first quarter and he might not score 
a goal for two games, and he seems good with that, which is the sign of a true team-first leader. Um, and I just think that that Hopkins is a team that, after being down, you know, the last couple years, I think is arguably the top team in the country right now. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do they score enough? Both teams does, does Princeton score enough to get to the over? I can see Hopkins scoring 15 goals. I can see him scoring 18 goals. And I like the Princeton goalkeeper, uh, but I just don't think that they can hang man-to-man. And I don't know when the last time that we've felt that Princeton doesn't have enough talent to hang man-to-man, but I just don't see this game even being close. Um, I like JHU, and I think JHU scores a ton of goals. Michael Sowers is a stud, one of the best young attackmen in the country for Princeton. Uh, you know, Courier, their midfielder, is also a stud. They're, they're, they'll, they'll score, you know, eight goals, 10 goals, something like that. Um, but I think closer to eight, I can see it like 17 to eight or 16 to eight. I got Hopkins in the over. I'm going to, I'm not going to go against you this one. Although I do think that, um, Mataraz is going to have his issues with Zach Curry at the faceoff X. And it's not as bonus. He's the one that faces off from him. They put Courier on the wing. I did notice that at the end of the game though, against Maris, they started putting Courier back at the faceoff X. So, you're, and I think they're doing that simply to save Courier for the long haul of four quarters, which is tough to do. In either case, they just don't have an answer right now anywhere on the field. Again, Michael Sowers is that next-level attackman that Princeton yes. needs in the next four years, but not right now. Certainly not with Joel Tinney's bringing to the table for Hopkins and the momentum he's bringing for the And it's amazing just what one player can do, and everyone's complaining about the early recruiting, but here's the deal. Joel Tinney is that one guy. And that one guy can potentially bring you a national championship, and that's what Johns Hopkins is looking at right now. I also have Johns Hopkins, minus 4.5, and and I have the over as well. I do think Princeton will score enough goals, and we all know that Johns Hopkins is going to score enough as well. Number 17, Ohio State going to Milwaukee to play Marquette, who's now unranked. Uh, The line on this one is OSU favored by 1.5. The over-under here is 19, which is an interesting... Uh, over under, but it makes sense, I guess, based on the scores of these two teams over the last few weeks. At, what do you think here? You know, I, 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 I've criticized OSU for having a lack of offensive punch, and I still think that applies. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not blown away by that. I do think that they're going to win this game. They're playing Arquette at home. Arquette is a well-coached defensive team, even though they got pounded 9-2 to two by Richmond. They only let up nine goals. I mean, it's not right. that many goals. Right. So um, I think the fact that I'm not in love with OSU's offensive production, uh, they're traveling to Marquette. Marquette didn't play well last week against a very, very good Richmond team, maybe a top-10 team. And they're a defensively-minded team. I, I like I like OSU in the under here. I can see OSU winning this game, something like 11-6, mm-hmm. um, something like that. So I like OSU in the under. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you at all on this one. Uh, I do like OSU. I think there's a slight advantage here with Marquette at home. Uh, I think it could be a one-goal game, but more well, – I would say it's not. I think that OSU uh, is going to go in there. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I'd actually say it's less than the score that you said. I think it's going to be like a 9-6. 
Like could be. Uh, just a really, really low scoring game. I've got OSU covering that one and a half, and um, I would pick the under on this one as well. Next up, potential game of the week, but not game of the week. We got an in-state rivalry, state championship going on here. Penn versus Penn State at Penn. Uh, excuse me, at Penn State and State College. Um, I'm helping out with the uh, team this year uh, for Penn. Um, exciting uh, buzz coming out of the program at Penn. Mike Murphy getting in your face, game uh, coach of the week, which is huge. Uh, we'll have to. I'll I'll deliver his uh, award. Um, I'll deliver his award for his McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, it, it could be. It could be. Or that the street. Scrape the onions corner. off. Scrape the onions off. You're disgusting. <laughs> uh, but obviously, I'm going with Penn here. Got confidence in the team, of course. Uh, but at. Uh, what are your thoughts here? The game line is Penn Pickham, yeah, and the over under is twenty four. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that um, Mike Murphy was able to slow down Virginia's offense coming into the game last week against Virginia. I would have thought that they wouldn't have been able to do that. I picked Virginia in that game, um, and so certainly. Mike Murphy as a defensive player himself and as a, a defensively minded coach, uh, you know he's going to come up with a plan to slow down Penn State. Does he play a zone again? He might. And, um, you know, but, but there's, there's no question that he is going to be the toughest challenge for the young Penn State offense today. Chris Santangelo did a great job facing off, particularly down the stretch of that game last week, winning a lot forward from what I saw. Um, but I think Chris Santangelo is going to get beat this week against Guy Arcier, against uh, Gerard Arcieri. I think that he's arguably the best guy in the whole country, Gerard Arcieri. Um, and so I think that I think Penn State's going to control the faceoffs. I think statistically they'll win that battle, which may allow them to win the overall ground ball battle. But I just think that Penn's individual components on defense, I think Mike Murphy is a great scheme coach. And I think that Penn is going to be the first team to slow Penn State down this year and frustrate Mac O'Keefe, Grant Ament, and the other sensational Penn State underclass offensive players. Um, so I like Penn in this game. I also think that um, – Part of playing a great defense is being deliberate on offense. And I think even though Penn is dynamic on offense, I think they realize that, you know, a game that goes up and down and up and down, up and down probably doesn't allow Penn to utilize part of its game plan. And that is to, I think, win a lower scoring game against a team that proved it can run with anybody offensively. So I've got Penn and the under in this game. That's a great one. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Number 13, Towson. Going to UMBC down the street to them. Towson is favored by four and a half. The over-under here is 20. Uh, what are your thoughts here? We spoke a little bit about Towson before. And Ryan Moran had a great win last week, his first win as a head coach. So congratulations, Rhino. That's a sick win. Yep. Um, but I just don't think Towson is going to allow them to to win back-to-back -back games. Um, you know, Towson doesn't score a lot of goals, but I think they're going to be able to hold UMBC down. Uh, so I like Towson to cover four and a half 
and I like the under 20. So I got Towson in the under. Yeah, this one's an easy one for me too. Um, I also think they're going to be at the under. Towson's defense and face-off control is going to be too much for UMBC. Uh, it's, it is good to see Ryan Moran pick up his first win, um, but uh, they're running into a very, very tough team uh, in Towson. Towson, I'm taking the points, and I'm taking the uh, under as well. Uh, I have like a 10-5 type game. Lafayette at West Point, number 16, Army. Army's favored by 6.5. The over-under here is 20, which is really weird. Um, probably because they don't think Lafayette's going to score, I guess, at all. Uh, but, A.T., what do you think here? Uh, this is this is easy to me. I mean, Army minus 6.5, I think Army's going to cover that in the first quarter. Yeah. Lafayette's in trouble, and, and they're playing a team that's going to be tougher than them uh, at West Point. Army's coming off of a 14-goal outburst against Syracuse. Uh, Army's going to keep this going, and they are going to continue to play fast. They're going to win all the face-offs. They're going to empty the bench, and they're going to score 18-plus goals. I see, again, 18-5, to 20-5, something like that. I got Army in the over. I, I'm going to take Army for sure in this, but I'm actually going to take the under. Weirdly, I think that Lafayette's not going to score enough, and I don't think Army's – you know, going to score enough either. Uh, for those who think this is going to be a blowout, it might, it probably will be. But the thing is, this is a league game. This is an important game. So Army's not taking this lightly. A one slip to a Lafayette team, and all of a sudden they're jeopardy. They're in jeopardy of not making a Patriot League tournament with such a great league. So um, expect Army to you know punch Lafayette in the face. Um, but I don't think it gets to twenty. I have like a fourteen three or something like that. Um, so that's my pick. Holy Cross goes to Loyola in another Patriot League game. Loyola number 11 in the country. Um, uh, you know, they're basing this off of early lines, obviously, because they don't have the results from the Towson game, but Loyola minus five here. The over under is 22. What do you think? AT? Uh, it was good to see Holy Cross come back and, and, and win their first game of the year last year, uh, or last week. I think they won 14 to eight. Um, and, but I just think that Loyola has too much. Loyola's going to win the faceoffs. Graham Savio is going to control the ball. I think Holy Cross is going to have a tough time hanging with them on the offensive end. I think Patrick Spencer is going to go off. And I think Loyola is going to be playing with an offensive chip on their shoulder, uh, for the rest of the season, given the frustrating start. So I'm to, to me, I think that even if it's close at halftime and I think Judd will, Judd will have. Holy Cross, I think it'll still be a game at halftime. I really do. Um, but I just think Loyola is going to end up opening it up down the stretch. So I like Loyola here. Um, I think Holy Cross will score some goals. Um, but I but I, I, I think uh, I'll, take, I'll take Loyola in the over. I think I like 22 is a good number by Las Vegas lines. But I, I like the over. I think Loyola is just going to have too much. I do, think Hop, I do think Holy Cross scores some goals enough to cover the over. So I got Loyola in the over. I'm going to take – I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I will take the over. But I'm going to go Holy Cross covering five goals. This is too important of a game for Holy Cross. Loyola is coming off a short week since they're playing tonight. Um, I think that Holy Cross's 10-man is going to cause a little bit of issues. It's also going to slow the game down. Um, so from that standpoint, throwing a 10-man slows the game down. Uh, you're going to look at a little bit disorganized. Uh, Judd will take his time. He's got a very disciplined offensive system. He's going to take his time on the offensive end, all playing into his favor. 
Uh, I think they're going to have to score enough goals. I don't know what the faceoff X is going to you know, stand for both teams. I think Loyola is going to dominate that area, which means Holy Cross is going to have to pick it up you know, in terms of pace. Um, you know, how the two goalies going to perform, that's, you know, this is a Patriot League game. Uh, and it's a big one. But I do have Loyola winning this. I think five's a little too much. I'm going to take Holy Cross. I'm going to take the over. Okay. Next up, we have number 19 Brown. Oh, excuse me. We're going number 18, which are we doing the Brown game or the Stony Brook game, AT? Brown, Brown game. Brown game. Brown game. Num- number 19 Brown uh, versus number 14 Rutgers in New Jersey. Rutgers is favored by one and a half. Your boys are the underdog in this one. 28. Yeah. 28, AT, yeah. is the yeah. over under. 28. Listen, I, 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 I like this line. Um, that they created, I understand why it is, what it is. Um, I think that Brown underestimated Stony Brook, but I think the, the biggest issue for Brown was clearly their goaltending. You know, uh, freshman goalie. It's not Jack Kelly. Goalie. No, it's not. They 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 saved thirty percent of the shots that were taken, and they were really exposed. And Rutgers, I'm not sure, isn't as dynamic as Stony Brook, and they play fast, too. Um, but I think that that was an aberration last week for Brown and their defense. Uh, they've got too many great players, and they're – obviously their offense speaks for itself. I'm not concerned about that. Um, but I think Brown snaps back in a big, big way. I think Ted Ottens, Larkin Kemp, Alec Tullop, those guys control the ball in the middle of the field. I think that Brown's going to get a bounce-back performance from their freshman goaltender, provided that Coach Daly starts him again, which I'm sure he will. Um, and while Rutgers, I have a ton of respect for Brian Brack and what they've done, and, and they're going to push it and they're going to run, and it's going to be a super high-scoring game. Um, I see Brown winning this game outright, and I can see it being about 17-15 uh, because, of, because of the respect I have for Rutgers' offense. Um, I will say I was a little surprised. I didn't think Brown's defense, just due to the personnel they have, was capable of giving up that many goals. But when you get a goaltender that is, you know, new to college across and, and you know, let's face it, that position, you can get exposed from time to time. It's happened to every goalie at some point. But I do think he's going to bounce back. He's simply too good. And I think Brown has too much faith in him. And I got too much faith in Brown. So I like Brown in the over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the exact opposite. Or exactly, I'll take the over for sure. I think this is going to be a great game. It's going to be a lot of goals, but I just think there are too many freshmen on the field for Brown. I think that you're playing a system that's going to cause, like Rutgers is going to cause too many turnovers, or Brown is going to create too many unforced turnovers, and Rutgers is going to capitalize. They have too many experienced players on the team. I'm going to take Rutgers at one and a half, and I'm going to take the over. But I don't see Brown getting out of their rut quite yet. And I see Rutgers continuing to roll. You're going to have a prepared Brian Breck going into this. And, you know, Brown's not doing anything new. I mean, they're not, you know, reinventing the wheel in terms of playing fast. They've just got to try to play faster, better than others. And I think Rutgers right now is playing fast and they're playing well. They are. For for that reason. I'm going to take Rutgers in at least a two. I'm, pu- I'm pumped. I'm pumped that Brown gets to come back and play at Rutgers. You know, probably the best out of conference team on their schedule at a time when Rutgers is playing so well. I'll bet you if you asked the Brown players, and I know if you asked the Brown staff, 
they would say that this is the perfect type of opponent for them to bounce back. They were humbled last week. And so to have to go down to Rutgers and play a blue-collar team after getting embarrassed on their home field against Stony Brook, I don't think you can write a better script for uh, everybody that, you know, wants Brown to win this game. So, but you're, listen, I understand why you pick it. And if I wasn't a Brown fan, uh, I may pick Rutgers as well, but I'm certainly biased. I got no problem saying that, but I think Brown bounces back and wins this game. Number 18, Stony Brook in the islands versus Fairfield. The line here is four and a half. Stony Brook is favored. 22 and a half is the over under interesting game here. Stony Brook coming off, off, an obviously big win against Brown, but are they for real? I mean, that's really the question here. Are they for real? And is four and a half too much for a Fairfield team that is struggling a little bit here? AT, what do you think? Listen, my ass still hurts <laughs> from last week, right? I've got Stony Brook lacrosse stickers all over the bottom of my back. <laughs> uh, and so there's no question that Stony Brook is for real. They certainly got my attention uh with that win they certainly can put up offense and uh, the other side of it is fairfield seems like they can't do anything offensively outside of you know a game where they beat bucknell i think 14 13 or something like that beaten by a one goal game fairfield's been oddly extremely low scoring um and so to me for them traveling all the way out to stony brook I just I, I don't think this sets up well for Fairfield. I like Stony Brook and the fact that Fairfield is so low scoring. I know they have a good goalie. They were able to hold Rutgers I down I think down to nine goals, and that's definitely a low number for Rutgers. I think that uh I I think that they're gonna do a pretty good job of holding Stony Brook down, but they're not gonna cover four and a half. I, I like Stony Brook uh and the under here. So that's it. That's my pick. Stony Brook in the under. I'm going to take Stony Brook here as well with four and a half, but I'm going to take the over on 22 and a half. I think there's just going to be too many goals from the Stony Brook side. Uh, if they can put up 25 against Brown, they can certainly put up 15 plus against um, you know a Fairfield team. And I do think that Fairfield scores enough. Uh, but so that's the only reason I'm taking the over. Uh, but I do have a Stony Brook team that is you know turning the corner it seems like especially after the first couple games here uh so i have you got stony brook in the over yep i have stony brook minus four and a half and i have over on 22 and a half at we're going to take a quick break we're going to give uh sisu mouthpieces a big shout out here uh we'll be right back maximize your comfort at sisu we take a very scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, remoldable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. <clears throat> no matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen. Sisu. Talk. Breathe. Drink.
that Sisu, we take a very scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, removable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. <clears throat> no matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen. Sisu, talk, breathe, drink. scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, removable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. <clears throat> no matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen. Sisu. Talk. Breathe. Drink.
All right, we're back in. We got uh, Towers rebooted. Uh, yes. For all, those, for all those out there for the live show. We've got a few games left. We're at about 58 minutes or so, AT, so we're going to be quick for the last ones. Uh, but so far, so good. We've got number 15, Albany, going to Ithaca to play Cornell at 1 p.m. this Saturday. Albany's favored by four and a half goals. The over on here is 24 and a half. Can Cornell score enough goals to make it on the over uh, against Albany? AT, what do you think here? I'm concerned. I, Cornell, I thought, would be doing better than they are. I know that they're young. Um, you know, I thought Jeff Teat would, would allow them to get to sort of 10 goals every single game. It's a lot of responsibility to put on a freshman, but let's face it, if he's on the cover of these magazines and he's, you know, regarded as the top recruit in the country, you got to think, you know, he he can, he can do that sort of thing. Certainly Michael Sowers is doing it down at Princeton and, you know, Jared Bernhardt at at Maryland. Um, And, uh, but they just, they're struggling right now. Albany, however, um, is not struggling. They're playing really well. And so I think Albany is going to, make up for Cornell's lack of offensive production here. I see Albany lighten up four and a half. That's going to be no problem on the cover. 24 and a half goals. You know, does, does Cornell score 10 goals? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take Albany and I'm going to take um, the under, I just think 24 and a half is a lot of goals. And I'm not convinced that Cornell is, is going to be able to throw up 10 goals. I think they're, I, I just don't like where Cornell is right now. And I'm shocked by it, but I got Albany in the under. I've got Albany. I've got the over on this one though. I do think that it's going to be a very high scoring game for Albany. <laughs> and I think enough <laughs> of a high scoring game for Cornell. I could see like a 16, 10 win here. Uh, and I see Cornell scoring late in this game. I could even see 18 goals by Albany in this game. I just think that the face-off X is a serious issue for Cornell after having such success in years past. And I still think that they're trying to figure themselves out offensively and defensively. Um, and so with that, I've got Albany minus four and a half, but I've got the over AT. I'll take the over. Bryant at number six Yale. Hated Yale. Yale right now is favored by three goals. The over-under here is 22.5. What do you think here, A.T.? You know what? I, I I would have thought that Bryant would have been a trap game for BU, and credit BU for finding a way to get that done. Um, but Bryant has good players, and they're a well-coached team. But Andy Shea getting his team to rally back from being in the hole 11-6 to and being in it all the way into the final possession against Maryland without Ben Reeves in uniform was again, I mean, that's just what Andy Shea does. I mean, he's just a, he's just flat out, you know, one of the top, you know, top three coaches in the country. I mean, maybe he's the top guy, maybe he's five. I don't know, but, but he just gets his team. He gets the best out of his team all the time. Uh, So there's no way they're going to overlook Bryant. Um, You know, this isn't about Bryant determining the outcome of this game. This is about Yale focusing on getting better, and Yale's going to have too much for Bryant here. They're going to win the faceoffs, I think. And Phil Hufford's doing pretty well for them in the goal based on that being a question mark going into the season. Um, 
you know, 22.5 goals. I don't know if Ben Reeves plays or not. <clears throat> Frankly, with a pulled hamstring, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out another week. Um, but Yale's proved that they can score without Ben Reeves in the lineup. And I think that Bryant will score some goals, but I'm going to take Yale and I'm going to take the over. I think the worst decision that Andy Shea could make is playing Ben Reeves against Agreed. the Bryant team this weekend. It's unnecessary. doesn't matter. It Great. does not matter. The only thing that matters, and we've talked about this before, is Yale playing in the Ivy League and doing well in the Ivy League games. Yep, you're right. Um, and coming off of, I do think, though, that a Bryant team coming off of a game, a loss to BU, is going to uh, put them in a position to perform better this weekend against Yale, but Yale's going to be too tough across the board. 22 and a half, though, is interesting. Bryant played a lot of zone against BU. Uh, you got to figure Yale has to prepare for that. It's going to slow the game down. I've got Yale minus three, but I'm going to take the under on this one. Uh, regardless of Reeves playing or not, I do think that the zone is going to slow the pace down, uh, and it's going to put uh, Bryant in a position to at least cover the under on this. But Yale still wins by three for sure. We're going out to Denver in this one. UNC, uh, they are ranked number, holy smokes, where's my? Uh, seven. Number, oh, yeah, number seven versus uh, number. One. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Is, uh, I'm great seven. I'm great with numbers. I'm, numbers so. and shapes. It's letters, I'm not that good. But at. is Maryland number one, too? They're tied. Oh, sorry. That's why I was so <laughs> confused. I was like, wait a minute, my numbers are way off. Number seven, UNC goes to Denver. And as we call the dentist office <laughs> to play number one, Denver, um, Denver is favored by two and a half goals here. Uh, the over under is 22 and a half. Denver has had some serious success over UNC over the last few years. AT, what do you have here? Three weeks ago, I would have said this was going to be the in your face game of the season. Um, but Carolina has not got off to a great start, particularly offensively this year. Uh, defensively, you know, Hopkins explodes for 13 goals, which let's face it, that may end up being a low number for Hopkins' offense as the season wears on. We're going to, we're going to find out. Um, but I just don't like the way UNC is playing right now. I'm really looking forward to the battle at the X between Trevor Baptiste and Stephen Kelly. Uh, that's going to be really fun to watch, but I just don't think that Carolina has an offensive identity in 2017 yet. They will get it because Mets Bauer is arguably the best offensive coach in the country. They right. will get it. Um, but I think it's too early in the season to fly to Denver and to play a team that they've really struggled against um, in the last six years to cover two and a half. Um, and the fact that they're not getting it done offensively yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take Denver and I'm going to take the under, even though I hope Carolina blows them out. But I know they won't. So I got Denver in the under. I like it. Uh, I've got Denver for sure. Um, I do think it's going to be a much higher scoring goal uh, game than 22 and a half, though. I'm going to take the over in this one. Trevor Baptiste is going to dominate the fa faceoff backs. Denver is going to dominate on all parts of the field. I just don't feel like UNC has it in right now. Um, and. You know, this all stems back when you were talking about it. We all thought it was like kind of like this weird score, but that Furman game for UNC that seven to three probably indicated some red flags for UNC. Definitely. And for me, 
going into a team like Denver at Denver. Now, if it was the opposite, I could see you know the under, and I could see UNC covering two and a half, but I just don't see it in Denver. So I'm taking Denver two and a half, and I'm taking the over in this one. Next up, you've got number 20, Duke. I wrote them all backwards, man. At Richmond, who's number 12? How many times in our lives are we going to see a Duke team that's not ranked higher than a Richmond team? Right. Uh, but number 12, Richmond, who was your candidate. Was it a candidate for Coach of the Week? Might have been. Uh, no, he got beat up by Petro for uh, one round. Oh, for one one deal. But uh, Dan Shamati was a former IYF Coach of the Week. Uh, but here, Duke is and Duke and Richmond, this is a pick em. It's a pick yeah. 22, but it's in Richmond. Does that make a difference, A.T.? It does make a difference. You know, I mean, listen, Richmond deserves to get picked in this game based on the fact that they beat them last year, based on what they've done this year, based on Duke losing to Air Force. But I look at Duke's bounce-back performance against St. Joe's last week and going 16-3, to after playing Denver really tough out in Denver the week before. And I, I see Duke winning the faceoffs in this game. And I see the fact that they exploded last week, although not against a team that's as defensively proficient as Richmond is. But the fact that it's a pick em, Duke just has to win the game. And they lost last week to Rich or they lost last year to Richmond. Um, and they're going to win the faceoffs. I'm going to take Duke. And I think the fact that um, Richmond is such a great defensive team and the numbers at 22, I like Duke in the under. I like, I like Duke here. I like Duke here. <laughs> it's so hard to not pick them. It, it is. It is. And Richmond's proven themselves as a team that can score. So I'm going to take the over in this one. Yeah, but in terms of what Richmond has done over the last, it's it's really, really, really good. But now they're going to get a team that, albeit young, is probably going to win in a pick'em. If it wasn't a pick'em, I'd have a harder time. But I feel like Me this too. is an easy one with a pick'em with Duke. So I'm going to go with Duke as well. Um, but I'm going to take the over. You took the under, I believe, correct? Yes, I did. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the under. I think that you got two teams that can score. Um, I think that you got a Duke team that's still trying to figure himself, figure themselves out on the defensive end. I think you got a Richmond team that has figured themselves out. Um, and it could be no it, it could be the exact opposite of what we're talking about, but I'm going to take Duke just in pure picking. We've got number 10, Syracuse, in the Dome. Against number nine, UVA. UVA is uh, has one point, is, is laying one in this. The over-under in this one as well is 28 goals. We're talking speed, fast, lacrosse. Is Ben Williams going to play for Syracuse? Is he hurt? Is he going to stay hurt for a long time? But this is an ACC game. This is a must-win for both teams. At what do you got? I don't think Ben Williams is going to be at the top of his game in this game if if he plays. Uh, my sense is that if he didn't play last week against Army, 
and that dictated the outcome. I'm sure he'll do everything he can to play in this game. And let's face it, um, you know, if he doesn't play, to me, there's no chance for Syracuse to compete in this game if Ben Williams doesn't play. Their opportunity to win is connected to them winning face-offs. I really believe that. I don't love their defensive personnel. Uh, I do think Leland's a great coach, and I think he's going to come out, and I think he's going to play some zone in this game, which is very un-Syracuse-like. But after watching what Penn did to Virginia at home last week by playing that, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Syracuse come out and try to slow the game down that way. But if they're not winning face-offs, they're going to fall behind, and you can't play a zone when you fall behind if you're trying to win the game, and I think they're going to have to step out and put some pressure around the perimeter and that's not going to bode well for them. Uh, and I just see Virginia coming back with a vengeance in this game. Even though it's up in the Carrier Dome, I do think part of playing in the Carrier Dome has lost its mystique a little bit. Sorry, Kark, you may disagree, but uh, there's no question. It's just not as scary. Um, so I've got Virginia, and I've got the over. I'm going to take Virginia in this one, too. I think that the face-off X is going to be dominated. Their face-off transition is going to dominate. We talked about that in terms of um, how Penn was able to stifle them a little bit. Um, I would be shocked to see Syracuse play in a zone, uh, but I could see them doing it. Um, You know, you've got to slow them down. Uh, The blueprint has been set by Penn moving forward, uh, but does Syracuse take that path? Can Syracuse, does Syracuse think that they can run with them? Because right now, I don't think they can. I think there's a lot of doubt in a Syracuse team right now with a loss to Army and a one-goal win against Albany. I think that there's not a whole hell of a lot of confidence right now in the, up in the Dome. And I so agree. for that reason, I'm taking UVA. Um, and for that reason as well, I will take the under. I think UVA yeah. is going to score a lot of goals. But I yep. don't think Hughes does. I don't think Hughes puts up enough to get 28 or over, but I could be wrong. We have one more game until we get to the game of the week and, of course, the Rock Bottom Bowl. We do have a Rock Bottom Bowl this week. Yes. The last game is Bellarmine at number 17, Ohio State. Ohio State favored by three. The over-under here is 21. Real quick, AT, who do you think you got in this one? Well, Ohio State's playing – at Marquette on Friday, and then they come back and they play Bellarmine on Sunday at home. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of travel for Ohio State. Um, you know, they're going to win the game. No, I think this is this is all there. It's like a play oh, at, day thing, but they're considered the home team. Like, let's all meet in Wisconsin and play a bunch of lacrosse games? Exactly. Exactly. So painful. Um, all right. Well, then, uh, it doesn't change what I'm going to say. <laughs> I still... <laughs> I still think Ohio State covers three goals, no problem. Um, and while I think they'll be tired, 21, does Bellarmine score? I don't know. Bellarmine scores enough goals. I'm going to take Ohio State in the under. I'm going to take Ohio State in the under as well. Um, big time, big time games coming up for Ohio State. Coming out of this weekend, 2-0 and would be huge. Uh, so that I, I think they're going to be well prepared. I think this Bellarmine game, the second game, is going to be an interesting one because I do think that Bellarmine has the capability of knocking them off. But for the sake of confidence in my picks, I'm going to take Ohio State minus three. I'm going to take the under as well. I don't think either team gets to a lot, a ton of points here. 
I see a 10-9-ish, or excuse me, I see a 10-7-ish game somewhere around there, which puts Ohio State uh, plus three or minus three and keeps it right underneath that 21-goal cushion. Now, let's get to the game of the week. Number one versus number four, Maryland in South Bend, 12 noon this Saturday. Maryland is favored by one goal. 22 is the over-under. What do you think, Kerry T? What a game. I mean, this is this is you look at Penn State Penn as a potential game of the week game. Um, Got to look at you UNC know, Denver. Duke UNC Richmond. Denver, although UNC coming off a little bit. Um, Duke Richmond is definitely right there. Um, this is a this is a really tough game. I mean, the fact that you're going to play at Notre Dame, I think that that's a really tough place to play for anyone. Um, but Maryland has proved that they're willing to play fast. They're going to be a really tough team to match up with. Um, but the reality is Jerry Burns' defense, they, they don't really need to win one-on-one matchups because they're so well-versed in play, you know, as one group. And I think that they're going to slow Maryland down offensively for sure. I think P.J. Finley is going to do a great job at the X competing against Austin Henningsen and that crew. Uh, I give the edge and goal to, to Notre Dame uh, with Shane Doss. I think that Maryland is going to struggle to cover Ryder Garnsey. Um, and I think that Notre Dame is going to score some goals. And so even though Maryland is coming in as the higher ranked team, I think that Notre Dame is going to find a way to win this game. And I think that they're going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, which won't make Bernsey happy. But as long as they get the W, he doesn't really care. Um, and I could see it being, you know, 14, 12 Notre Dame. And so I'm actually going to go with Notre Dame and and I'm going to go with the over in this game. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with Maryland. I knew you would. I'm going with Maryland. I'm going with the over as well. I knew you would, but I'm going to tell you that the kid Muller for Maryland is going to swallow up Ryder Gonzi. That's no right, way. That's a no right way. on left matchup. I'm going, I'm going picking Ryder Garnsey as my in your face week six. Wow. Week five player of the week. It's a little premature, AT. Wait till it you is. see this kid play defense. Uh he's awesome. And from that standpoint, I think the most important thing for Maryland is the first fifteen seconds of every single possession. Get the ball to number one. You get the ball to him, everything else takes care of itself. He can feed. He can dodge. He can shoot. He can shoot off the dodge. He can shoot time and room. He can bully you around. He's always a threat off ball. He's a scary player. Get the ball to one. Notre Dame, on the other hand, won't have an answer because the hardest thing to do is to play transition defense. And if they start fast in the first 10, 15 seconds of the possession, they're going to have a lot of success versus a Maryland team. They're going to dominate the faceoff X. Despite Notre Dame's success at the faceoff, there's no one that can stop with Henningsen right now. Uh, so expect him to play. Um, this is a Although Con- Connor Mackey ripped him last week against Dio. Maybe not in the third quarter, but he ripped him in the first half. Well, I feel like Henningsen's dealing with some potential injuries right now, um, but that shouldn't really matter. This is a big game. This is where they need him. Uh, because this could determine home field advantage maybe later on when the committee comes down to it. Um, so this is big. I do have Maryland by one, and I do have the over in this one, which I believe is exactly the opposite of your pick. 
I picked Notre Dame and the over. You picked oh, Maryland. And the over. Okay, great. That's all right. You're good with shapes. <laughs> AT, talk to us. Last segment of the podcast or show, whichever you want to call it. Who is in the Rock Bottom Bowl this week? Well, no, it's not U Hart versus Jacksonville. They were runner up. <laughs> they were runner up. Oh, they're getting yes. close. They're Two getting programs really even close. more rock bottom than Uh-oh. Hartford and Jacksonville right now Uh-oh. are St. John's and Siena. Oh, no. That's going to be the first rock bottom bowl. It's RB not Dartmouth. Square. It's not Dartmouth. It's not, they won. Listen, Dartmouth evaded it. If my boy Richie Loftus continues to play on game day, they may win more games than just this one. <laughs> um, and so uh, St. John's has struggled this year, and Siena has struggled this year. St. John's is 0-3. They've gotten blown out three times. And I love my boy Jason Miller, so hopefully he can find some answers there. Um, you know, so the Siena game is coming at an ideal time. Siena played Hobart really, really well. Uh, in their second game, I think they lost 16-15, something like that. Other than that, they've gotten blown out. Um, but that shows that Siena has some life, and they are playing at home. Um, and so given that the Rock Bottom Bowl has no lines and no over-under. It's a pick em. It's a pick em, and the over-under is infinity. It's a sideway eight. <laughs> um, I am going to take Siena. In the oh, rock bottom. Oh, great. Because I'm going to take St. John's. Oh. Yes. I'm, I'm very pumped. We have opposing uh, picks on the rock bottom bowl. I'm picking St. John's. I think this is where. And, and by the way, uh, College Cross, if they're still listening to the show, if they ever listen to this show, uh, they brought back Reverse Survivor. And if you don't know what Reverse Survivor is, check out their uh, platform. Uh, basically, it's the the last team to win their first game of the season. That's what it is. And so I think that St. John's finally loses in the reverse survivor and gets their first win of the year before Siena does. And Siena stays in the loop to potentially win reverse survivor. I've got St. John's in the rock bottom bowl. That is all for the show this week. As always, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Check us all out. Check our friends out as well. Uh, Lax All-Stars, of course. Uh, Lax Vegas Lines, who provides the lines. Thank you very, very much for doing that. Sisu Mouthpieces, of course, they're our sponsor. Witness Evolution, really cool to see how much uh, the kids are enjoying a mouthpiece for that matter. In Tune in next week. We're going to dial in the show. We're going to get this under an hour, about 20 minutes over. That's all right. Uh, we're going to dial in the show a little bit better. Uh, But tune in next Wednesday, 9 a.m. for the live show. Uh, Until then, enjoy the lacrosse this weekend.